the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. It is an exciting week ahead. Today, we're continuing in our December series entitled Creating Victory, and our prayer with this series is to bring into being a 2021 which glorifies God and which more than ever will find his children living according to his will. Let's stun the enemy. Let's generate shock and awe spiritually as we rejoice and as we Walk intentionally in the power as we put the enemy on his back foot purely by faith. Let's really change what we do because we've been living in comfort and we've endured a very difficult 2020. And now is our opportunity to just step forward, put in place plans and attitudes, and then the reactions to the enemy, which will bring about victory in 2021. So don't forget the enemy has a vote. So as we talk about shaping your heart and making plans, the enemy is going to have some thoughts about that. I assure you, things will not be easy in 2021. As such, we must be better prepared to contend on the spiritual battlefield in a way which glorifies God and leads those who are lost toward him because they're our opportunity. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, as well as talking about the fact that Christmas is six days away. The day we celebrate the the birth of Jesus Christ is six days away, and a large part of this show is going to be about rejoicing, because as Christians, we're supposed to be filled with joy. We may not always be happy. Circumstances may not always be easy, but our joy should never leave us, because we rejoice in the unconditional love of God, and he gave us his Son to return us to him. And that is just something to rejoice. What a gift. What an amazing, amazing gift. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton. 
Hello there. My fearless wingman, and I am so grateful for Christy. Before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, what do we need that you will not provide? What could we ask for in Jesus' name that you would not give us? As we go forth each day, we know you are a faithful Father and that we have but to call down your power in the circumstances of our lives. Help us, dear Lord, to be courageous as we strive to speak truth and to act in love in this troubled world. Help us, Father, to turn to you in all things such that whatever we encounter, whatever the surprises of the enemy, his efforts will simply drive us closer to you and to your unfailing love in which we have certain victory. May we rejoice in you always. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Chrissy, we talked about in our Creating Victory series, Shaping Operations, Shaping an Attitude of Gratitude and Humility and not thinking of ourselves as uh, being at the Alamo, but rather as conducting offensive operations. And, you know, that's something that's interesting to me. I can't think of another religion that has an offensive mission. Yeah, I can't think of one either. So we don't just sit on our combat outposts on the spiritual battlefield. We go forth and make disciples of all nations. And that, to me, speaks to an amazing heart that we're going to actually go and look for those who are lost. I was just kind of stuck back in your prayer and the word courageous makes sense. (laughs) Courageous Christianity really stuck with me. And my mind was going to of the heart. And that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. Of the heart for God. So part one was about shaping, uh, shaping operations. And that's a big thing on the battlefield. You want to shape conditions which are conducive to your victory. And in part two, we talked about making plans so as to deny the enemy the opportunity to choose the time and place of combat. He will always choose circumstances which are conducive to his victory as he seeks to shape a win. And we have to deny him that. So we got to get inside his OODA loop, as you've heard us talk about on the show before. He makes decisions by observing, orienting, and deciding and acting. And we want to get inside that decision cycle and make him react to us. So we're going to deny him the opportunity. And that's why we got to turn our backs on quarrels and uh, conversations in which there's no profit uh, that are just argumentative because that's the easiest tactic for him to use to rob us of our potential. We're going to talk about the fact that this is just true. You can't get away from this. No plan survives its first contact with the enemy. On the battlefield, you can have the best plan. You can have everything ready. And then when things start happening, the enemy has a vote and no plan survives first contact. So you have to have immediate action drills. Uh, For example, training with my team, we're moving uh, forward in a column And you say, okay, if the enemy engages us from like 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock, this is how we're going to react. And as Christians, we have to have built-in immediate action drills. Um, Can you think of one for you? Well, I think what I'm I'm hearing in there, and that's really where my mind was going to, is that this—that's reality, and we have to look at reality— and reality that we're going to set a course of plan, but life's going to happen. 
Right. So I guess the thing I'm thinking about is life. <laughs> I'm going to set, we last, talked about in the last show with the map, I'm going to set my, I'm going to know my values. I'm going to set my mission. I'm going to set my goals, but something may come into those goals and throw me off course. And more than likely it's going to. And so what I need to know is that I can reset those goals to still achieve an outcome, but I need to be able to be a bit flexible with those goals. Okay, well, if you've prayed about that mission, and if you've prayed about those goals, then here's one uh, that would help is write it all down. Uh, Absolutely. And refer to it almost daily, because uh, the enemy's good at his job. Here's one that I have. There is no recipe for faith that covers every situation we may experience in the world except to have faith. So whatever the devil does and whatever means he uses to do it, our faith in God will thwart his plans. And thwart is not an easy word to say on the radio. (laughs) In addition, everything he does, you could use to drive you to Jesus. There's nothing we've done that's so bad that we can't turn to Jesus. And so if everything the devil does causes us to turn to God in prayer, even if it's shameful prayer, even if we say, Heavenly Father, I've failed and I've made a terrible mess of things. Lord, I'm embarrassed. I'm even embarrassed to kneel at your feet, but please forgive me and help me to do better tomorrow. If everything the devil does causes us to turn to God, then the devil's eventually going to realize that, wow, I'm not gaining any ground here. So it makes me think of something that's helped me as I've matured as a coach, as a person, as a Christian, is a little saying that I say that I think maybe I made up, I don't know, respond versus react. And if the world comes at us, the devil, we might have the tendency to, as you've talked, you know, get negative, stay, you know, not walk out the Christian faith. Right. Um, uh, that's reacting. But responding is, okay, this, this situation is not going as I want. Respond with back to the word. What does the Bible say? That's really excellent. So we would have to not do immediate action drills where we react to the enemy. We would have immediate action drills where we respond to the enemy. That is so much better because otherwise you find yourself buried in in silliness of the enemy's choosing. Right. And so a good response in a lot of situations could just be say nothing, move on. It definitely could be. Yeah. And Jesus did that a lot, by the way. He did. He was very matter of fact. Yeah, here's God walking on earth, and sometimes things happen, and he just said, okay, we're going to the other side of the lake. Right. Um, And sometimes that's the best thing to do. Wow, that's interesting. So by faith, we know that God will provide and that he will heal, and that if we turn to him, if we seek him in everything, then uh, things will work out. But here's uh, another face, faith peace, and that is they may not work out the way we think. And we're oftentimes like children, because have you ever seen a two-year-old when he doesn't get his way? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we're kind of the same. Oh, yeah. We're just big kids. Right. But then uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember, hard to say names. But if they'd have done what they thought was right, they probably wouldn't have wanted to end up in that oven. Right. But rather they did what... uh, was faithful. They just put one foot in front of the other and God used it for his purposes such that now we know that Jesus was with them in the inferno. Uh, Had Daniel 
been so focused on the reaction uh, that he thought he should have or um, what he thought was right, he would never have uh, done what ended up getting him in the lion's den, and then God demonstrates uh, his power. So as hard as this is to say, especially in these times where we're dealing with a lot of political nonsense, it doesn't have to be what we think it should be. We have to have the faith to know that God is working all things toward good and that he bends the arc of the universe toward his will. And that's mature. You've got to be mature about that. It is, and it reminds me, Daniel, I've really stayed with throughout this whole pandemic. You and love Daniel. I do love Daniel. And both of those stories, what came out of it, and something I, another thing I repeat to myself and I've said to other people in this pandemic is, I'm either going home or to someplace better. And I, people might go, what does that mean? Well, I could go to paradise, and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. Otherwise, I'm going to go to a deeper knowing with Jesus through this struggle, like the fire. You always find Jesus in the fire. And thank you, God. Excellent. Um, This morning, I turned uh, in my quiet time, I turned uh, in my Bible to Nehemiah quite accidentally. And I was reading chapter three and four, where Nehemiah is called to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. He's embarrassed about the gates of the city being burned. And he says to King Artaxerxes, uh, I need to go deal with this. And Artaxerxes blesses that. And then he gets to Jerusalem and everybody's against him. And the scoffers are scoffing and the schemers are scheming. And uh, I love this story because here's what he does. He assembles people by family to work on the walls and the gates. So when you're building the kingdom of God, the basic unit, is the family. Mm-hmm. In the Marine Corps, the basic unit is the fire team. All tactics are based on the fire team. That's a four-man team. Mm-hmm. Three fire teams make up a squad. And in the kingdom of God, it, the, the base unit is a, the family. Right. And then uh, he comes to this place where uh, they start rebuilding the wall and they find out about a plot to undermine their efforts. And this is what it says in chapter 4, verse 9. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. So here's what I think is so cool about this. You pray, and then you still go do things. You still walk out your faith on a daily basis. Absolutely. So they posted a guard. So this idea that uh, if we just have the right president, everything will work out. Well, no, that's just a person who wants to be comfortable and who doesn't want to do the work. They don't want to build the wall. They don't want to build their family. They don't want to um, do their mission. They want things to be comfortable. And you know what? That's a normal inclination, especially after having such a brutal year as we've had. Everybody probably just wants comfort and normalcy. But what I'm saying is if God is doing things and we're seeking normalcy, then we're never seeking the will of God. Right. And we're seeking our will, and that's not faith. And we have to respond to all the devil's efforts with faith. So we've talked on the show a lot about King Josiah, the eight-year-old king who, when he was 26, discovered a book of the law and was reading his nation back to uh, righteousness. And the first thing he did was read the uh, book of the law to all the people, and then he uh, worked to rid the kingdom of evil. 
And then they found the bones of a prophet and he protected those bones and then they rejoiced. And so as a model for restoration, you focus on the Bible and the truth of the Bible and you rid yourself of everything evil. Push TV out of your life. Push vulgarity out of your life. Um, I have to say this, and I've heard it said before, so this is not one of my sayings, but a lot of people say, all we can do is pray now. No, right. that's what we need to do first. Yeah, it's not the last resort. <laughs> no. That's a brilliant point. It's not the last thing. It's the first thing. So as we think about his word and we pray and we rid ourselves of evil and we focus on what is good, that brings us to rejoicing. And we don't have to wait for Christmas Day to rejoice as Christians. We can begin right this second and every day. And this week, rejoicing in the birth of Jesus Christ and thinking to ourselves, what are we going to do differently in 2021 that's intentional? So I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution, which... Uh, statistically lasts no further than Valentine's Day. Yeah, I don't do resolutions. Start now, start today, shape your future. And start with prayer. Start with prayer. I love it. I mean, what a happy time. This is a gift. Christmas Day, the birth of Jesus. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Amazing. So our joy in the Lord and the redemption we have in his name sometimes could be confounded by religion or politics, and the devil can use that against us. Perhaps we think there's a certain religious way we're supposed to be doing something, or we need somebody's permission in a political sense. And that's wrong, because all God cares about is your heart. And when you bring your heart to his word, as written in the Bible, and you read it, and you study it, that's truth. You can't not think about something. If I said to you, don't think about money, all you think about is money. (laughs) But what you can do is think about other things. So if you fill your heart with the word of God and the love of Jesus, it will leave less room for the schemes of men, political, religious, or otherwise. And that's the truth. Chrissy's made a good point. We shouldn't have reactions. We should have responses. And if our response is always to turn to prayer to turn to our Bibles. Remember Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but submit to him in every way and he will make your path straight. Uh, It's so true. It's not what we think is right. (laughs) No, not at all. It's It's the word. It's all in there. And that's faith. That's faith. Faith is believing that God will sort it out and all you have to do is walk it out. So don't be angry about (laughs) politics. Read the Bible. It was the same in Jesus' day. And if somebody's attacked you and said lies about you, they did the same to Jesus. Start with your Bible. Read Psalm 25. Once uh, I was falsely accused of something, and that's where I started. Uh, Psalm 25, let my feet be released from the snare. Do not let me be put to shame. If you feel hopeless, the entire New Testament is about hope. Read your Bible. So we're talking about uh, responses to the devil's plan, staying focused on God and rejoicing. So the devil wants us to believe that we're bad and the battle is lost. Rejoice and consider the power that you have in God. The battle's already been won for us. It has been won. So in preparing for the new year, one thing is certain, we must have a plan. Um, At the same time, there's another thing that's certain, and that is that the devil has a plan. So we can sit idle 
we have to strengthen our faith and build the kingdom of God as we tear down the devil's lies. And Nehemiah showed us that we do that as families. And remember, Jesus said that uh, family, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and obey. So there's the nuclear family based on blood, and there's the family of believers. And our strength is in each other and those things. So how do we prepare for the new year? We celebrate Jesus. Beginning now and continuing every day, we celebrate our Lord and Savior. Not in a couple days. Let's start now. So let's say this together. I am loved by God and my sins are forgiven by the atonement of his son on the cross. He knows me completely and still he gave his life gladly for me so that I may have new life in him. As the weight of my sins falls away, as the opportunity of a bright new day presents itself, and as his protection precedes me everywhere I go, I will rejoice today and every day. And though I may fail, I know he will not forsake me. And as quickly as I can run to him in repentance, he will restore me. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. And so we rejoice. And we begin with that every day. Empty yourself of the world and fill yourself and your days with God and the things of God. Maybe there are people in your life that you got to take a break from in order to use the remaining 10 days or so of this year to start shaping yourself and take a break from them. Let your celebration of Jesus begin today and influence you going forward. And that's the truth, and it brings us to the moment of truth, which is a moment that we take in every show to remind ourselves that God's Word is always relevant. It's our first refuge. It never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Friends, It's so easy and anxious and worrisome times to become focused on the world and the things of the world and to take our eyes off heaven. But we are loved by the creator of the universe and we're restored to him by his son, Jesus. We walk across that bridge back to him on a daily basis. And who wouldn't be whistling as they walked? So... Rejoice. It's that simple. If we are grateful in all things, and and I mean truly grateful, we are less tendent toward the emotions of which the devil can make use. We offer him fewer opportunities to get into the fortress of our faith. And our quote of the day speaks to this. It comes from Oren Arnold, who made these Christmas gift suggestions. To your enemy, give forgiveness. To an opponent, tolerance. To a friend, your heart. To a customer, service. To all, charity. To every child, a good example. To yourself, respect. I love that. So good. It's not only awesome about what we can do, but it precludes the devil from choosing our behavior. So friends, I understand the holidays can be hard, and this has already been a hard year, but our faith is about hope. It's about turning from the past toward an amazing eternity with God. And next to that, the things of this world are much easier to bear. If this difficult year ends with our sincere focus on the love of God in the promise of his son, Jesus Christ, we will not have endured in vain. 
and that is Courageous Christianity. So friends, Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Should you want to contribute to this ministry, you can find us at CourageousChristianity.today. That's CourageousChristianity.today, or you may do so by texting the amount you'd like to donate to 281 800 4940. It is a tax deductible gift, and if the end of year tax planning involves a contribution, please consider that. 281 800 4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we'll send you a signed copy of my book, Right Makes Might 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. So again, you can find us at CourageousChristianity.com or 281 800 4940. And should you want to reach us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. And if you want to catch previous episodes of Courageous Christianity, you can listen to them at KKHT.com under the Programs tab by selecting Podcasts and looking for Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. Christy and I together wish you a very Merry Christmas. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi. Merry Christmas. <laughs>